Alright guys, how you doing? Welcome back to the Culinary Viking Podcast. I'm your host, Kendall Eastep, chef. Um, so today, just warning everybody now, this is going to be a little bit of a touchy subject. Um, we're going to be talking about a few things, specifically mental health in the restaurant industry. Um, and things that come along with the mental health in the uh, restaurant industry. Just to, you know, get the... The episode started, I think I'm going to go ahead and let everybody know now, it's, it's going to be a sensitive subject. I'm going to talk about some personal stories from my life and my time in the restaurant industry, and I'm also going to talk about a, um, a few things that I've, I've seen. Um, I'm also going to share with you some statistics that I found very, very, very saddening, as well as... Um, some solutions that have worked for me, worked for people I've known, and then according to, you know, CDC and things like that will help anybody that works in the type of environment that we work in. And you know, it's a serious issue whenever you go on to the CDC website and they have an entire, you know, subcategory for kitchen workers, more specifically, you know, hospitality industry workers. Uh, what do they list here? Waiters, bartenders, chefs, line cooks and restaurant managers. So, I mean, you know it's going to be a pretty difficult one when, you know, they're so specifically laid out like that. Um, just to start out with, the statistics are accurate as far as the CDC goes and as far as Peter.com's mental health awareness program goes. So, we're going to go over these statistics. And so these statistics um, are accurate uh, going off of, you know, CDC guidelines and Eater.com guidelines. Um, let's see here. 74% of chefs are sleep deprived. Accurate. 63% of chefs are depressed. Accurate. 50% of chefs feel pushed to the max. Accurate. This one's high. 90% of chefs experience fits of anxiety. I mean, we've seen in one way, shape, or another, um, that is very accurate. Another one that is kind of um, not shocking for a lot of us industry uh, long-timers, 72% of chefs abuse alcohol. Um, that's not your typical alcohol usage. That's not a drink or anything. That's like, that's, that's abusing alcohol. That's getting shit-faced drunk every night type of abusing alcohol, almost even alcoholic. Um, and then 54% of chefs have been or are on narcotics and that's not just chefs that's also it's all hospitality industry um all hospitality industry professionals um and then also on eater.com where i've got these statistics from uh the author chef palmer says a line cook really only feels safe where there is a bartender another line cook and a chef which sets the example that we have to have each other's back which is right um you got to look to your left and to your right on the line. You got to look to your left and your right, you know, with the other industry professionals and have their back. You know, we're all we have. No one understands what we do or how we do it. No one understands the incredible amount of stress that we face on a day-to-day -day basis. Whether it's, you know, 12, 14, 16, 18-hour days, you know, upwards of 100 hours a week for most of us. It's stressful. <clears throat> it is very stressful. You know, things like uh, the high standards for low income pay, 
you know, no recognition for the jobs well done, and then the long hours with no breaks for a lot of us is is crippling. You know, you go home and you you tell your friends you're tired. I worked a 14-hour day. I worked a 16-hour day. I worked an 18-hour day. I want to go to bed. They don't understand that. You know what I mean? They're like, hey, I know you worked all day. You want to go hang out? You want to do this? You want to do that? Or you go home as a parent and your daughter wants to see you, right? Your daughter's like, daddy, I've been away. I mean, you've been away all day long. Do you want to spend time together? I mean, if they're still awake at that point. But I mean, it's it takes a toll on you as a parent. As an individual, it takes a toll on you because you're spending so much time doing your job with so many different factors. You know, if you're a line chef, a line cook, you know, you have that constant fear that you can be replaced, that you're a body. And I know that feeling. I've had that feeling. I mean, I felt that feeling with you, I promise. It's terrifying. You know, one fuck up and that's it. You're gone. You have no money. You're already getting paid shit, but I mean, you have no money. You have no source of income to support not only yourself, but your family. You know? And for a lot of people, it, it breaks them. I've been at that breaking point, too. I've been burnt out before. That's what we call it in the industry. And for those of you who aren't industry professionals, we call it burnout. Right? Oh, he's just burnout. Right? It's it's sad, you know? You're like, fuck this. I'm never working in a restaurant again. I'm going to go do something else. And, you know, that burnout is bad enough for anybody. But whenever you take a career person in this industry, someone that went to education for it, or spent a long time developing their craft, and they get burnout because of one thing or another, that's crippling for them. That hits them a little harder than it hits the rest of us. Because, I mean, some people can get burnt out, you know, and that's just, just what happens. Burnout is just a side effect of working in the Russian industry for many different reasons. There's a lot of people that experience burnout, but those are the, that get burnt out and they're, they're, they're done, they just go work a different job, they're fine because they don't have that much time and energy invested into what they're doing. But those that make this a career, those who view this as more than a job, you know, specifically if they're working at a restaurant they love, with people they love, and the, the job is just killing them, it, it takes a serious toll on some people's, some people's minds. I've experienced that before, I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, there was a, a job that I worked for about five years, and man, I loved, I loved the restaurant I worked in. I did. I loved the people I worked with, and I'm still friends with a lot of them. My best friend in the entire world still works um, in this specific restaurant and it killed me I put my notice in four maybe even five times saying hey that's it I'm moving on I'm, I'm not working in restaurants anymore because it was low pay and there were certain managers that didn't care about you I mean they they didn't see you as what you were they didn't see you as a chef they saw you as a body that can produce food and and get it out in a timely manner and then once you weren't that anymore once you were you know maybe even too expensive maybe you were you know slowing down maybe you were getting tired that's it you're done you're gone right they pull out their little slip of paper that they carry around with them and they go hey you're just a number at this point go home you're too expensive go home can't afford to pay you go home and it's not that they can't afford to pay you because if you're worth it they'll pay you right but they just, at that point, they don't view you as worth it. I've been there. I've been in those shoes, guys. I have. It's crippling. It hurts a lot. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. Whenever I started burning out at this last place I worked at, I was going home in tears. And it took a, it took a toll on my personal life. 
I mean, I was engaged, not engaged anymore. And um, a part of it was that job. It was submitting so much time, 40 to 60 to maybe even 80 hours a week, trying to develop myself, trying to be better for my team. And I get home and I'm tired. I don't want to talk. I don't. I want to relax. I want to take a shower and go to sleep because I got to get up tomorrow at 6 a.m. and do the same thing over again. Right? And now my fiance, my excuse me, my ex fiance won't talk to me. It, it wrecked my social life. It did. And it does it to so many people. If it happened to me, it happened to someone else. I know for a fact that that's true. And that's two people too many. That's two people that it should not have happened to. Right? Because there are ways to avoid it. As employers, as head chefs, executive chefs with your teams, as line cooks, there are solutions out there for you to deal with, you know, being overworked and burnout. How about paid vacation, right? Be like, oh, that's too expensive, but they pay their higher tier managers, don't they? They give them PTO, right? If you worked for it, it's yours. What's the difference between a manager doing it and a line cook doing it? If the manager's been there for two years, the line cook's been there for six years, managers get PTO from the moment he's hired. Line cook doesn't have any for the whole six years he worked. If he wants to go on a vacation, he has to go without pay for the amount of time that he's out of work, right? How is that fair? How does that equate, you know, to the quality of work and the quality that you set as a standard as set to standard as the employer? Same restaurant I, I worked at before. I had the opportunity of making another great friendship. Um, I'm not going to say his name. He's not my best friend, but he is a really, really good friend. He is. Um, he experienced the same thing. He was with the company. Uh, 10, 11 years, 11 years, and it took 10, 8, 9 years, excuse me, it took 9 years for him to move up, 9 years, 3 different locations, and he still got fucked over, right, he did, still got fucked over, how much time do we as chefs and, and cooks have to invest in, in a restaurant before they'll view us as people? And this isn't just notorious in corporate kitchens. This is in all restaurants. When do you become worth the promotion? When do you become worth the race? I mean, you, you obviously, you know, work your ass off. You go above and beyond what your job title is. You know, you self-teach. You have to stay on top of people just to get your 25-cent raise. Where does that make sense? How does that make sense? Right, and then, then people wonder why we're burnt out. People wonder why there's staffing issues when res in restaurants right now. Why? I, and I don't blame them. Why would I expect uh, one of the cooks that would work for me to work for me 80 hours a week, right, and bust their ass for 80 hours a week for low pay when they could stay home and take advantage of the COVID pandemic money? If I didn't love my job so much right now, I would do the same fucking thing. Excuse my language, but it's true. It's absolutely true. Right? When do we become worth the extra money? When does the, the raise and the time off become worth it to employers? And I'll tell you something, it doesn't. At the end of the day, for 90% of employers, and thankfully I'm not in this environment anymore. Thankfully I'm in a restaurant right now where, you know, we're taken care of very, very well. 
my team, um, and that's everybody. That's all the way from the, the, the general manager of the restaurant to the, the lowest level prep cook, right? We're all treated very, very well. And it, it means a lot, but in a lot of places there isn't. And in a lot of places, those employees, the, the line chefs, the pastry chefs, the Comey chefs, right? The, they don't mean anything to the employers or a body, right? The, the, the term for it, and it, it's gonna bring a lot of memories back for you guys. The term for it back in the day was called burn and churn, right? where you would burn through a cook as fast as possible, right? And relatively speaking, fast as possible is about two years. So the, the, the lifespan of a line cook would be two years in your restaurant. You'd burn through them, and right before they're burnt out, you'd hire somebody, get them trained by that person so they're at the same level, and then get rid of the old cook, and now you have another two years of that same cook, the same job description, same skills and efficiency burn and churn train your replacement get the fuck out right it's awful it's awful turnover rates are the highest they've ever been in restaurants right now and it's not just because of covid it's not just because of the pandemic it's it's because restaurants don't care about their employees and you know maybe this doesn't really mean a whole lot to you know the chefs that do food design or the the chefs who are in their own restaurants, like they own their own they own their own restaurants. I mean, they feel it in some way, shape, or form. But the burn and churn is still strong in a lot of restaurants. It is because the people that were doing it are still in the industry, right? This isn't Marco Pierre White's kitchen anymore. Why are we still using his methods? And don't get me wrong, I love Marco Pierre White. He's one of my idols. He's a, a talented chef, but he was very, very, very guilty of burning through people and replacing them as fast as possible. I imagine every cook in, in London worked in one of his restaurants. Every cook. And then it travels on, right? It becomes the training standard. Your people learn those bad habits. And then whenever they become leadership, because they do eventually become leadership, they end up becoming heads or executives because I mean it's a competitive industry it is a very very competitive industry it becomes a training standard for a lot of these restaurants and it's sad it's sad it really is and think about what it does to you know these chefs that work their asses off all the time and they can't you know balance a work life like, with their social life or with the, their family lives right they can't have the hobbies that would help their mental health, right? My biggest hobby, my excuse me, my biggest hobbies, and I'm not going to count cooking even though I love to cook. I'm a chef through and through. I love to cook. I love to cook at home. It is a hobby, but it's not one of my biggest hobbies, right? I try to separate professional from, you know, leisure as much as possible so that it doesn't begin to feel like work at home and I don't, you know, learn to hate it. But I love guns. I love hiking, I love hunting, and I love fishing. Do you think I have time for the, any of those things? Sure, I have the money to buy a new gun. You think I'm gonna get to go shoot it? What, what, it's not a, in, worth the investment anymore, right? I have several guns. I haven't been to the range in about six months. And that's just an indoor range that's in town. 
I have a fishing pole and a tackle box in my car, ready to go, ready to pull over at a moment's notice. Do you think I have the energy for that? No, absolutely not, I don't. I don't have the energy for that. Hunting, that's a different story. You know, that takes, that's an all-day hobby. Do I have a day off to go hunt? No, I don't. Maybe even two days, excuse me, but I don't, I don't get two days off like that. I'm starting to because now we're starting to adjust with a, in the new restaurant, and it's it's different. It's got its own set of challenges. I'm not going to count that as you know mental health taxing in this in this episode, even though I mean we did see a lot of different things when this restaurant opened, but you have to have time off, right? You do. You have to have at least one day off a week. Employers, listen, give your cooks a day off. Two days preferably. Give them a five-day work week. Split it up if you have to. It's not hard. Then they have two days a week. Give them a, uh, I mean, I understand a weekend might be impossible. Give them a, a Monday, Tuesday off. You, your business isn't busy Monday, Tuesday. We all know how it is in the restaurant industry. Unless you're a Michelin star chef, your Monday and Tuesdays are not the busiest. Especially when school's in here in the U.S., your lunches are dead. Don't try and tell me they're not. Okay? Let's see here. Let us get into the really shitty part of this episode. Um, And I want to get it out of the way because it is very, very upsetting and it's very triggering. I've experienced this personally myself. Um, It was an accidental... I'll get into it, okay? Uh, In 2016... So, well, uh, seven years ago, so this is a little bit outdated information, but it's still relevant because it's still posted as the same statistic on the CDC website, and the website was updated in January. So, 2016 CDC reports show kitchen workers were in the top 20 professions with the highest suicide rates. Right, we're talking about military, we're talking about first responders, people who experience violence and danger on a day-to-day basis that don't even compare to kitchen life. Right? You can't compare law enforcement to the kitchen life. You can't. You can't compare military service to the kitchen life. You can't. So why are we a part of the top 20 statistics for the highest suicide rates? Two very different jobs. And I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you what it is. Law enforcement, first responders, I love you to death. You experience and go through the hardest shit I've ever seen in my life. You do. And you do it willingly to protect us. And I, I appreciate that. Military, the same thing goes for you. But with the kitchen life, you're overworked, underpaid. You have no social balance, right? Life becomes worthless after a while. And those of us, and I was talking about earlier, that give this our all, that we want to do this as a career, right? Why does it feel like we're auditioning for American Idol when we're, when we're in the kitchen, staging for a, a job, right? Those of you who know what staging is, it's like tryouts in the kitchen. Why are we staging? And it feels like American Idol, where if we fail, we're embarrassed in front of the entire nation, and we don't mean anything. It shouldn't feel that way. Right? You see the amount of what I'm saying here? The pressure that we have learned to set on ourselves, or had, that has been set on us. The, and I talked about this in the introduction episode, the progress versus perfection. The kitchen life demands perfection. It does, and it's sad because we all know. Deep in our hearts, we all know, unless you're a fucking narcissist, that perfection is impossible. It's not possible to be perfect. It's not possible to serve perfect dishes, right? And not not because no one's good enough to do perfect dishes, 
but because it's always going to one not be the best thing for somebody not everybody has the same taste buds and we have we as chefs have to calibrate our menus for that purpose right when we take things like texture and flavor and you know recipes and things like that into consideration we're trying to build something that everyone can enjoy right we're we're, we're used to that so tell me here and tell me now why is the standard so high on perfection when we all know that it's not possible? Is it pride? Are we all that prideful that we have to go through those things every time we're going to do something? Why is the standard so high on dumb shit? Why is the standard set so high, right? I know there are guests out there that'll eat us alive, food critics that can't wait to tear us apart. So why do we do it to each other? Why do we crucify each other on our recipes? Why do we crucify each other on our cooking methods, right? We ourselves as cooks, as chefs, as employers did this to each other. And we wonder why the, the people as great as Anthony Bourdain commit suicide, right? Or we wonder why half of, let me see here, what is the statistic again? 54% of our chefs are on narcotics because they can't cope with the stress that we, one, put on ourselves and two, let our employers do to us. 90% of chefs experience fits of anxiety. We did that to each other. It all started somewhere and it grew rapidly rapidly over the course of a hundred years from the times of Augusta Escoffier setting the standard as high as he did with his, his memoirs of French classical cuisine to let's see that came out in 1890 something I believe it's been over a hundred years 130 years now and we're still setting the expectations excuse me the expectation is so high that we, we have cooks that experience that fits of anxiety. We have cooks that experience depression. We have 74% of our chefs sleep deprived, working 18 hour days. Some people can do it, I'm not gonna lie. Some people can do it and it doesn't affect me. Some people can't. I, uh, I've worked with amazing people who uh, have lost their lives to narcotic issues. Same job I was telling you about before, where I was overworked and abused. Um, I had a co-worker who was an amazing guy. He was 10 out of 10 uh, as far as skill goes. He was always in a great mood. Always. He worked himself to death. Literally worked himself to death. And then he had experienced, you know, narcotic usage in the past. And apparently, at some point, he relapsed. And he overdosed on heroin. And it was horrible. Because he was, he was top ten, one of the best guys I've ever known in my life. And definitely one of the best dudes I've ever had the pleasure of working with. Honestly. I mean, we had a cigarette pool. And, you know, all cooks smoke, apparently. We had a cigarette pool. We, we had a pack in each other's cars that we would, you know, say, hey, did you bring cigarettes today? No, I did. Here you go. And we, 
it was a pack for me in his car and a pack for him in my car in case one of us didn't have a cigarette that day. And he was a great dude. He was in college for real estate law, so he was going to be a real estate lawyer, but he was working in kitchens, and he was very good at it, you know, to pay that that um, college stuff. And he was an amazing guy. He was. He was an amazing guy. And uh, he was very successful in his career. Before he worked there, he was a kitchen manager at a local restaurant called Fox and Hound. And um, he was very successful there as well. Kitchen manager's a hard job. It's a very stressful job. And um, I'm going to miss him. A lot of people are going to miss him. He was a wonderful guy. He was 10 out of 10 best guy I ever knew. So it's a hard subject, guys. I know. We just we got to dive into it. We got to hit all the hard bases because these are dark times, right? We come out of COVID and a lot of people's restaurants got shut down and that's going to be a whole different episode in itself is you know will restaurants survive covid because um, now we're getting back into covid part two but with things getting bad again in restaurants you know now cooks have an out we hit on it earlier um the the, the pandemic pay here in the united states you know people getting relief uh financial relief they're, they're not working in restaurants anymore you see restaurants that are closed permanently you see restaurants that are doing you know to go only you see restaurants that are struggling to make ends meet even though that restaurants are back open they just can't be opening because they can't stay staffed they can't and they wonder why because they're they're eating their own people alive restaurant i worked at that I had the the opportunity to work out with the guy I was talking about and where I made all the friendships and where I ended up leaving after five and a half years. They're struggling right now to keep people. They really are. They're, they're struggling very, very hard because they can't get the dollar amount in. They promote the wrong people. They celebrate the wrong things. You know how hard it is for a line cook to work day in and day out and get passed over by somebody who doesn't do a goddamn thing except ride your back and take credit for the work you do? It's upsetting, and we've all seen it. We all know what I'm talking about. We've all experienced it. It's a competitive industry, but it, it at least needs to be a competition. Now that we've gone over that, let's go over some solutions. Um, I have some solutions that I wrote down that I didn't personally come up with, but I'm also going to share some solutions that have worked for me in the past. Um, my biggest one, and it's kind of the hard pill to swallow. It really is. The hard pill to swallow is that sometimes you just got to know when to walk away. And I'm not saying from the industry as a whole. Maybe it's just your restaurant you're working in. Maybe it's a career change where you move into consultation and you go work with film and you do, you know, food design. Or maybe you go work in a test kitchen. You know, maybe you do private chefing. Maybe you become your own boss and be a private chef. That'd be a fun career, wouldn't it? <sighs> Excuse me. But you got to know when to walk away. 
You do. You got to know when to say goodbye, turn in your chef coat, go home, sleep, maybe maybe change careers. And that's not because it's a bad thing. Maybe it's it's... It's, it's not a bad thing, and I'm not telling you to do that because I don't think you're worth it or that you're not a good chef because I'm, I'm sure you're all great chefs, right? I'm sure you are. I know plenty of chefs that are wonderful chefs, and they had to walk away because it becomes survival after a while, right? It becomes survival. Am I going to let this restaurant work me to death? It's not worth it, brother or sister. It's not worth it. No job, because at the end of the day, that's what this is, it's a job. It's not worth it. There are many jobs out there that will be more than happy to take you in. They would, whether it's another restaurant or it's a trade, an office, right? Anything but retail, because retail is just gonna stress you out even more. Do what you have to, to get out of there if you can't make it there. And that's not me saying you're not good enough to not make it, but you mean, it's me saying that your life's not worth stressing yourself to death over. Live to fight another day. You can always come back, but it's not worth losing you over. It's not worth you losing your family over. It's not, it's just a job. And I know this sucks, but they'll replace you. They will. Because that's what they do, is they, they burn you out and they replace you. But at the end of the day, you know you survived. Your family's not going to lose their father or mother. Your family's not going to lose their, their loving and caring, you know, family member. They're going to have you for a long time because you walked away. You didn't let it get to you. Another hobby, or another solution, would be having a hobby. Um, work it out in such a way that you actually have time off to do the hobby. But, hobbies. I'll share a couple of mine with you like I did earlier. I like to hunt, I like to fish, and I like guns. Right? I could spend all day fishing and not catch a goddamn thing. I could. It's just relaxing. I don't have to think. I don't have to put out, you know, near perfection food. I don't have to satisfy an angry Karen at table 11. I don't. My recipes aren't gonna get picked apart and criticized when I'm on a boat in the middle of a lake or with my feet dangling in the water on the end of a pier. It's relaxing. Find your fishing. Find your hunting, find your, your shooting. Whether it's paper mache, something small like that, or maybe it's sports, go join the, your local rugby team and beat the hell out of somebody, right? Find something that relaxes you, that makes you feel better, that gives you what you feel is purpose, because the restaurant life will suck that purpose out of you every day of the week. And we know it will, we all know it will. Don't let it. I had to do a career change, right? When I changed careers, I 
it was still a stressful job. I left restaurants to work in corrections as a corrections officer, right? I worked about a year and a half, maybe a year and a quarter in corrections, but I had a lot of time off. I wasn't used to that, right? We worked, you know, a five-day week and a two-day week. We worked 14 days a month. I was making more money than I was in restaurants with, you know, about 60% more time off, right? Places and makes a total car that he paid two grand for a uh, uh, $15,000 repair. Right? Whew, excuse me. No, I'm tired. Um, what else? Let's see. Uh, what else did he do? Excuse me. He makes t shirts. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm going to look at this. Uh, it's nice. Uh, so much T-shirts, custom pants, I got a custom hoodie with a logo, I got a custom shirt, and things like that. And it doesn't require a lot of money. It's very cheap for me. It's a kind of expensive style. Another solution would be, you know, and this this is another difficult one. Appreciate what you have, right? What do you have? You have a family. Do it for them. If you can't find purpose in what you're doing, if you can't find purpose in your career, find purpose in the reason you're there in the first place. Whether it's your kids, your girlfriend, things like that. Remember, you have something to lose. A lot of times... You get to that desperation point and you're just like, I don't, I don't have anything to lose anymore. It's all gone. Don't let it get to that point. Remember why you're there. Remember why you're working 100 hours a week. So you can send your daughter to a good school. Remember why you're there. You want to make sure that you and your girlfriend can buy a home and start a family. Remember why you're there. Every single person that I've met in the, in the industry has a legacy. They may not realize it, but they do. They have a mark that they're going to leave on this world 
whether it's their career, whether it's the recipes they develop, whether it's the cooking methods they utilize, or the people they train, you know, the families they raise, whatever it is, they all have a legacy, and it's gonna, their legacy is going to mean something to somebody eventually. It is. I'll go ahead and name drop him. His name's Craig, the guy I was talking about that works on cars and things like that. He has 11 kids, and he goes out of his way for them. Every chance he gets to. 11 kids, and he takes care of every single one of them. Financially, with education, everything. I mean, he has kids that are about my age. I'm 23, so he has kids from my age all the way down to, you know, five, four years old. And it, it means a lot to him. And it means a lot to his kids. And his mark on the world is going to be massive. The amount of things he does for people. He's the kindest guy I've ever met. And he's a fucking amazing chef. He is. Talented to the bone. Talented to the bone. He can work anywhere he wants to work if he wanted to. And to him, that may not be that most important thing. Right? But his mark on the world is going to be massive. And losing him would be a great loss. And a great loss to this world. Remember that, guys. You might not see it now, but your life means something to somebody. I know that sounds like really broad, but because it is. Your life means something to somebody. You, it might be the person you least suspect that loves you and adores you. Maybe not romantically, you know, don't read into that too much, but somebody is going to mourn your death. Don't let it get that far. Don't let the narcotics overtake you. Don't let the alcohol poison you. Right? Don't let a restaurant's commitment where they, they force you into these situations be the end of you. Right? They want to embrace the burn and churn method. Go ahead. Go ahead. And walk away. Because at the end of the day, they are going to replace you. They are. And it sucks, but they are. You're a number. We're all numbers. We're labor reports. Right? We're financial costs. We're employees. They're going to replace you. Walk away on your terms. Because you are worth it. Chef, you are. You are worth it. You walk away, you go to the restaurant next door, you apply there, and they will hire you on the fucking spot. And if it starts the process again, guess what? Walk away again. Eventually, you're going to find your home. Whether it's a restaurant or a different trade. I promise you, I guarantee you, it's not worth it. There are a bunch of different solutions that we could all we could spend all this episode coming up with. But at the end of the day, the biggest one is balance it all out. Find a way to make it work. Take some days out of your availability. They can't say shit if you're not if it's not your availability. If they have availability requirements and you know you have a family, don't don't work there. Don't do it to yourself. Don't let it happen. It's not worth it, my friend. They might, they're not the only place hiring. I don't know why I was going to say that. I mean, they're not the only place that's hiring. 
there are thousands of restaurants all over everywhere. Thousands of restaurants in your area, I bet. I know here where I'm at, we have probably 600 restaurants. I've worked at four of them. I can go to the fine dining restaurant next door tomorrow and apply and I'll have a job. Not that I'm going to because I love where I'm at now and I love the development that I'm making, but what I'm trying to tell you is it's not worth you killing yourself over. Your life means more to me personally, and I'm telling you this right now because I, anyone that has the same commitment to this career as, as I do is, is, is everything to me. You're my brothers and sisters, right? We're all forged in fire, right? We're built in the heat and the violence and the chaos of the kitchen. We are. And I would take you every day of the week over a fucking head chef who doesn't give a goddamn about you. I swear. That's not a test. I mean, I tell people all the time, it's not worth it. Walk away. Don't let it kill you. You'll have a job somewhere very soon. Uh, let's see here. We're also going into, you know, mental health is a part of it, but what plays a big part of mental health is physical health, right? And you see it, and it's a, a pretty obvious one, especially in America, um, in the culinary industry is, you know, high blood pressure, obesity, diabetes, Things like that come from a lack of exercise. Um, yes, we work 18-hour days, but is that really exercise? Not really. I'm talking about strenuous exercise that gets your blood pumping, your heart racing, things like that. I'm fortunate. I love to work out. I do. I love to work out. I make time to work out all the time for this reason and this reason alone, that I suffer with depression myself. And that if I don't work out, I will get depressed. If I don't do some kind of very strenuous activity, I will get sad. I will get very sad to the point where I can't get out of bed. I don't want it to get that way. I mean, I, I've suffered with that my entire life. That's not a new thing. That's a stems from some childhood bullshit. But you have to get up and make time for yourself and exercise. Have high blood pressure. You have addiction. You have depression. You have anxiety. You have obesity. You have suicidal tendencies. You know, things that can, that can crumble you and cripple you. And all the, the other diseases that, that stem off of those things. Right? that you can honestly, you could pass on to your children. You could, you know? It doesn't take much for a disease to become genetic. Heart disease, for example. Uh, high blood pressure, that's another big genetic disease. You know, depression and other mental illnesses are also genetic. You know, schizophrenia, things like that, that become genetic. You know, you have to think about it. Your body is your temple. It is. You got to take care of it. Because in this industry where you are already pushed to the max, let's see. Let's see what it says here. 50% of chefs feel pushed to the max. There's more than 50%, I promise you. That's just the 50% from the study that they did. But, I mean, don't let it take you that far. Get up and exercise. Move around. Uh, I'll, I'll take this from someone who's never spent a day in the industry. His name's Joe Rogan. I'm sure a lot of you have heard him say this before. You know, 
if you can get up and walk to the fridge, you can get up and if you can get up and drag yourself to the fridge, you can drag yourself through a workout routine. You can. It's gonna suck. It's gonna hurt. It's gonna be tiring, but you can do it because it's worth it. It is. It's worth it to your mental health in an already demanding environment. It is very, very worth it. You know, you don't have to. You know, if you're a bigger person, I mean, I, I'm a bigger person, but I train myself to be this way. I train for strong man, so I mean, I'm not going to be shredded. I don't want to be shredded. I want to be, you know, strong, core strong. Get up and do something that you can do. Go for a walk. Go for a swim. Swimming is one of the most physically demanding uh, exercises you can do that takes almost no toll on your body. Right? It works every single muscle in your body without stressing your joints, without stressing your your muscles, things like that. Go swimming. I love swimming. I recommend swimming to, swimming to everybody. Go swimming. You know? Take care of yourself. You know, we work in an, in, in an environment that will spit you up and chew you out. You gotta be physically ready for it. Um, what else What else can we talk about in mental health? I know it's a pretty big topic, and I'd love to hear you guys' feedback. I would. I'd love to hear your thoughts and your stories. And I'll tell you another story before, you know, we wrap the episode up because we're running, we're running a little bit over the 45-minute mark. We have lives outside of the restaurants, right? We're chefs. This is a chef's podcast. This is, there's chef groups on Facebook. There are things like that that we can connect with each other. Don't forget, you can connect with all the other chefs because they understand you. Let your family in. Let your family see what it's like. Because at the end of the day, your family's got your back more than anybody. At work, you're competing with other cooks and other chefs for that next position. You are. They love you and they probably look out for you, but at the end of the day, they want that position as well. Your family doesn't care. They just want their dad to come home. They want their, their boyfriend or their husband to come home, their, their girlfriend or their wife to come home. Right? Let them in. Let them in. And I have this because I worked in corrections and I've, I've been through some things that were very difficult for me to explain and talk about because I hadn't seen those things before. It was a very shock and awe type, type thing that I carry back into restaurants with me. Is Let your family in. Tell them what's going on. Say, hey, I'm stressed out at work. I'm having a hard time learning this new cooking method or mastering this recipe. And I'm scared it's gonna, going to take its toll on my job. I'm scared it's going to make me inferior. It's going to make me look bad. Things like that. Things that we experience every day. Hey, we had you know 90 covers today. I couldn't handle it. We had you know, 70 open, 50 on the weight today. It was very stressful. We got through it, but it took its toll on me. I'm tired. Can we talk for a little while? Or, you know, and most family members understand you don't want to get over and, and talk because you've been screaming all day long, things like that. Can you just hold me for a while? Can I just hold my daughter in my arms for a while and and relax? You know, I'm not a parent, but I'm, I'm talking about all the... I know there's more parents in the restaurant industry than there are single people. So... I'm uh, just throwing that out there. You know, appreciate the things you have at home. My friends, please. Because that's why you're in the restaurant to begin with. You might love what you're doing, but if they weren't paying you, you wouldn't be there. You know? You're working for your family. 
and you chose one of the most physically and mentally demanding careers that exists. You do. And this is where we're coming back full circle to 2016 CDC reports where it says we are in the top 20 professions with the highest suicide rates. Makes sense now, doesn't it? After going through all the things that we talked about that our families are the ones suffering. And it's terrible. Because when we leave our mark on the world, do we want it to be Kendall Step, one of the greatest chefs who lived not because of his fame, but because of his commitment to his team? Or would it rather be Kendall Step, gave his all, but wasn't enough? Committed suicide, 2021. I think I would rather have the first one, right? Because I don't want people to view me as a number like they did in life, like restaurants did in life. To me, I want to be the family man. I want to be the guy who takes care of his team and cares about his team. I don't want to be the cook or the chef that committed suicide or overdosed. And I don't want you guys to be that way either because we knew how bad it hurt us. We don't want to do that to other people. And another note that's going to tie everything together with what I'm saying is this is the hospitality industry. We're in this industry because we want to take someone's bad day and turn it into a very good day. Right? When our guests come in the door every day, what is, what is our job? You know, if you're a service professional and you serve in your, you know, wait staff, your job is to deliver a promise that your cooks and chefs are gonna deliver, entertain for the most part, and deliver, deliver, you know, hot food, cold drinks, and a personalized experience, right? And what is our job as chefs? To handcraft a recipe, into a masterpiece that's gonna taste amazing and is gonna satisfy. And we're gonna deliver a very well-rounded experience so that that guest comes in and they could have just lost their mom or their dad because this happens a lot. You know, people die. It sucks, but it happens. Old age is a real thing. They come in because they're hungry and they want some food, don't feel like cooking, and we turn their entire day around. We make them forget about their problems. That's our job. We're the hospitality industry. And we need to take care of ourselves the same way we take care of our guests. Right? Whether your managers, your head chefs will tell you that or not, I don't know, because they have a job to do. And to them, it's about business. But to me, it's about you. To me, it's about my brothers and sisters in the industry who or working their asses off, you know, for promotions, who are spending 90 hours a week in the restaurants developing their recipes, you know? For the prep cooks that come in at 6 a.m., 5 a.m., 7 a.m., whatever it is, where you work to prep everything for the restaurant for the day. It's for you guys. Work your asses off for low pay, stressful situations, and don't ask for anything in return. 
that take care of your team for the sake of taking care of your team. Right? They have the heart of a chef. Not just a cook, but a chef. Because what's the difference between a chef and a cook? And it's the commitment to the job, isn't it? Anybody can cook, but not everybody can be a chef. It's for you guys that have differentiated yourselves from cooks into chefs. And I love you guys. I do. Always feel free to reach out to me at culinaryvikingpodcast at gmail.com and share your experiences. Tune in every week. On Thursdays around 8 p.m. is usually when I post. Or whenever, you know, the, you know, fucking people accept my podcast uploads. But tune in. Listen. Please. Relate. Laugh. We'll have guests on. We'll have comedy days, I guess. We can call them comedy days where it's very lighthearted episodes. This is just... This is something that's been bothering me for a while, so I went ahead and put it very up, very at the very top of the list of episodes I wanted to do because I wanted people to, to know that they're not alone. Um, reach out, tell me your stories. You know, I want to hear, I want to listen. You know, we can talk about it on the podcast if you want to. Uh, we can have one of you guys even come on the podcast if I can figure out how to do that from two different locations. But I mean, we can come on and talk about it. We can talk about what you've experienced. You know, everyone's got a unique experience in life. Sure, we're all chefs, but not everybody's restaurant's the same. Not everybody's location is the same. Not everybody's commitment to the job is the same. So, I mean, there's a lot of different things I want to hear. I want to listen. I want to read. What do you have to say? Um, thank you guys for tuning in today. Uh, I know this was a difficult episode. Uh, I hope I didn't upset anybody. That wasn't the intention of the episode. The intention of the episode was to bring awareness to mental health in the restaurant industry. Um, I'm personally lost two cooks that I adored very much in the last two months to, you know, things that I'm not going to dive into because it's not my business to share, but uh, they were very good cooks, very good chefs, and um, their personal lives, their demons kind of caught up with them. You know, thankfully they're, they're still alive, but they are suffering, they were suffering, and I hate to see that. So uh, tune in next time. Um, keep an eye on each other. Work with each other. Keep an eye on each other. Reach out. Um, thank you guys. Let me go.